When I say destiny, you say. Today's episode, I'm discussing one of my favorite poems with one of my favorite people on a tough topic. Why are we here? What happens when you're so obsessed with your destiny, but your daily reality doesn't actually align with it at all? No life path is directly linear, but damn, sometimes it's just hard to keep pushing forward when you have no idea how it's all going to pan out. So we discuss that and more. Have a listen and share your thoughts. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Excellent. I'm excellent. So, weather just make me jealous about how nice summertime is. Uh, it's actually looks like it's going to rain. So it's like a smooth 79 degrees, which is, that's my cup of tea. I love when it's that overcast, the, the earth is calming down kind of like vibe. That's that's my whole jam. Uh, it was rainy today too. It was like a perfect day to stay inside. Yeah. But I need to. That's all that. So uh, first off, where are you? Because that's important. And then who are you? Okay. I am Arlene Gordon Bray. And I am currently living in Canberra, Australia. Yes. So you have access to all the best teas. So if it's raining, you get... Yeah, but you know, I'm more of a coffee person. So all mm. the sweet flat whites a girl can get. <laughs> For Actually, I figured out my real jam. I love soy flat whites. I love flat whites in general, but it's a lot of milk. So my 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 every day is a long black with a dash of soy and one sugar see i don't know what that means what's a long black is that just like an espresso drip it's an americano what's an americano it's espresso with hot water thank you thank you that's all you had to okay thank you for that i learned something (laughs) it's like once i learned my drink order at starbucks when i was like 21 and i have not turned back what is your drink order at Starbucks? It's the Grande Skinny Vanilla Latte. Oh, okay. That's a pretty good one. You know, another <laughs> good one is the uh, Misto. It's essentially a cafe au lait. Ooh. Misto? Misto. I'm afraid to... It's too much on the menu, I'm afraid. That's why you have to try it out. That makes me sad that you're not trying out new things. Nah, man. And then there's like that judgment if you order it wrong at Starbucks. Like, and I'm guilty of it too because someone I was in Starbucks like a week ago, even though I'm boycotting it, whatever. So there was someone in front of me who like ordered a medium coffee, and I was like, you know, nothing. <laughs> oh, first of all, I go to Starbucks and I still say medium or large, and I know what the sizes are. <laughs> And I refuse. I refuse to be like, can I get a soy uh, tall? I'm not doing it. I'm like, can I get that medium? (laughs) You're just trying to rebel. That's fine. That's fine. And then I give them my white people name of Laney or Lane. I give them Cole. And then they look at me like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, it's Cole. Because every time I say luck hole, they mess it up and put knuckles. So I'm tired of that. I just tell them Cole. I started actually just selling them. I've actually in the last like year been getting much more intentional about like not giving them a shortened version and just saying Arlene. And I'll say the name is Arlene, A-R-L-A-N-E and spell it out. That's so annoying to me. 
I, after, you know, 30 years of correcting people for mispronouncing my name, I'm over it. I'm tired of it. And now it's like, you guys figure it out. There are yeah, people I, I, I used relationships with who actually don't know my real name. Because I just don't feel like... You're like, I just fucking gave up. Yeah, I, no, gave I do up. the same. I just let people get away with Arlene for years. And then I think I, <laughs> I had enough people in my life that cared about me that would they, they would correct other people. And so I'm like, I didn't have enough pride in my own name to be other corrected people and not just have people coming to my rescue. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's actually... That's perfect. That's funny how that. So I know you haven't heard the poem before, um, but I to do this specific poem with you because we've talked about this in the past, and I just wanted to get like your your feedback on this. And uh, what you just said is like a perfect segue. Perfect segue. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna get into it. It's called Parachute. Okay. What, one it's of my of- favorite albums from Coldplay, by the way. Oh, not girl. We gotta we gotta reconnect. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, here we go. How does it feel to be destined to a life on the periphery? Stars burning brightly around you. The heavens opening, pouring light upon your peers, walking in shadows. Applauding victories of which you have no part. Being told greatness is just one step away and stumbling with tied laces dribbling at your ankles. How does it feel to never be the best? Never finding your thing. Trying hats that don't fit, brim bustling at your brow, constricting until you feel the weight of your ambition crushing your skull. Or drowning you in a parachute of potential too large to ever match your growth. How do you live when you have so much to give and no outlet? Or dreams bigger than the Caspian that drown out your landlocked passion? You wouldn't know. How does it feel to be a trailblazer? Wearing your purpose like a second skin, the sun arousing the sky to calm your eye, the world built to bend to your whim. Even as a child, you knew you would change its spin. Your gaze, fixed off in the distance, still garners attention as you move swiftly through crowds. Your name, when merely mentioned, inspires conviction and stays fresh on speakers' mouths. Tell us how your greatness is one step away. Describe in detail the places you belong, the rooms you'll inhabit, the tables you'll head. Count and recount aloud the victories you'll mount. Speak life into your destiny. Claim your place now. You believe, don't you? Liar. Oh, is this the uh, poem for Aaron Burr? (laughs) Oh, shit. It might be. So were those your initial thoughts? Like, damn, Aaron Burr really did fuck up his own uh, life. Well, of course, I was, I've listened to Hamilton this week because I needed to get work done. So I, it's, that's one of my favorite songs off the soundtrack. Um, so I, I did think about that, like that idea. I, that was like one thought. And then, of course, that is always also a consuming thought for me of, you know, having so much potential. And we've talked about this before, but like having this potential and being told that, you know, people see these things for you, even when people don't really know you and and, and seeing peer, it's like. It's not even about seeing my peers get their accolades. It's about seeing peers who have found their way and found their purpose. 
and feeling like I don't know feeling kind of stuck not stuck that's not the word um and feeling like it feels like it's a step away or it's around the corner or that it may never come um I maybe it's because you caught me in a, a decent mood today despite having like a bit of a stomach thing but I think I've also been doing a lot of self-work in this area over the last year. And so what does that look like? What does self-work in this area look like? (sighs) It's like, it's gratitude to be honest. Hmm. It's, it's about the self-work I've done in this area is about gratitude and also getting to this point of of trying to stop living for tomorrow and living for today which is like it's an everyday it's an everyday journey to to try that but um i've made more progress on this probably in the last six months Mm. so i mean like part of the reason i'm here in australia is i left my last gig which i've been at for four years and, and have been trying to leave you know, for a couple of years in, and I, I was so, I spent a lot of time, like, trying to figure out, like, what is my purpose, or I would just, I remember just always praying, just asking God just to tell me what to do next, like, just waiting for literally, mm-hmm. a, like, a Hogwarts letter to pop up in the mail and tell <laughs> me, what are you meant to be doing, and, um, and then finally just kind of just seizing the reins and saying, I'm going to give myself some options of what I can do next. And I'm just going to leave this and try something new. Um, and so I'm in, the, I'm in the midst of that now. But I think going back to the gratitude moments and going back to living in the moment, um, I also heard this great quote from an NPR interview with the woman that wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. And I tell people this quote all the time, but she talks about in the interview how um, people are always trying to find their purpose and their passion. And she's like, to be filled with passion is to be so engulfed and inflamed with this one idea or this one thing that that's the only thing you're driving for every single day. And not everybody gets that. But if you just start to pursue things with fervor at the end of the day if you don't find your purpose you still have lived a life of trying a whole bunch of exciting new things and this is like another tangent which is i hate that i keep going off of these tangents but the, the other tangent there is i have never been a person that has put my all into anything it's because of the fear of failure and when you have a potential and you're a person that's considered a high achiever and they, you know, when the school system marks you off early because you're like gifted and talented and because you are black and come from middle-class home, you know, things can come easy at first. And so when things get hard, um, or when there's real work required, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm that part I'm definitely still working through about how to how to deal with the anxiety of not giving up when things are tough or they're not they don't come as easy to me even though I'm so interested in those that that I'm still working through but 
going back to his original point of trying to work through this idea of like purpose and where's my shine. I feel like it's coming is trying to just live this, like just trying to live kind of day by day and being really grateful for what I have around me. And I'm not great with journaling. I'm quite awful, but I definitely do try to write down gratitude moments. Um, even when they're just like, met up with a group of women for a meetup walk through the Australian bush, saw mm-hmm. hundreds of kangaroos, and it was awesome, right? <laughs> and, you know, even trying to balance out my gratitude moments were moments of, you know, that I have issues with my body, I'm plus size, and then I also have thyroid issues. And so sometimes I really hate my body because mm. I get very frustrated but then I have to also remind myself, my body has me on the other side of the world. And my body's allowing me to go to these different places with ease of access and to thank my body. And so to be grateful for those moments. Um, and a, there are like three there are like three things that you said that I wanted to kind of circle back with. And okay. I'll talk about giving some context to the poem. So the first half of the poem, the darker side, it's like, um, you know, you ain't shit. That side of the poem. Yep. I actually wrote when we were in grad school together. When we were school. Yeah, I wrote that uh, because, as you recall, I was, you know, suffering from imposter syndrome pretty heavily. I was like failing econ, and I've never failed a class in my life, and that was like just really hard to me. <laughs> like, devastated, right? Devastated. Yeah, it was like devastating because this self image that I have of like, oh, this is cake academia is you know easy peasy i can get through it slapped in the face as soon as i got to like a really rigorous tough institution and um so i wrote this poem just being like down the dumps like what if what if this is my life what if i finally come to the realization that i have this overinflated ego and that i maybe haven't deserved half of the things that i've actually gotten and or or what if i peaked in high school right right (laughs) exactly or like peaked in undergrad when i could not study and still get an a on a test and i come to to grad school and i'm like learning how to use flashcards. like that was like a whole new life for me learning how to study in grad school is not when you want to learn how to study so that's when i wrote that half and then fast forward three or four years i wrote the second half because i was like a working professional um and i felt like i just started to find my like footing in the professional world and there was something really like powerful and confident I felt like you know I have a purpose I'm about to walk in my purpose this is truth this is life and then (laughs) um, the third poem these were three separate poems I decided to put together I really like the idea of just the sentence you believe didn't you liar I just love that concept of like questioning someone's beliefs to the core, because if you say, "Yeah, I believe," and I call you a liar, then you're really shook. Huh? You are shook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If I say, "Like, oh, you believe in your destiny," you're a liar because you're not walking in your truth. I don't see you living that life. Or if I say, "You're not," you know, you don't. You say you don't believe in your destiny. I call you a liar. Then you'll see like how you've been walking in your truth. So I just wanted to kind of like, yeah. I want to make my audience shook it, but it's more, this is all written for me. 
because I know what it's like to um, feel like a failure. I know what it's like to feel overconfident. And then I teeter between the two, probably on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) AKA to be a black woman. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, it's so, it's funny because I, like, as that second part of the poem was coming in, I was expecting for the wool to be, I was expecting for the rug to be taken from underneath me at that second part. Like, I was waiting for the part about, like, you know, but it's all just an illusion or something. I was definitely not prepared for the jarring kind of end of, you believe this, liar. That that part did shake me. I thought it was going to be a much yes. more gentle takedown, and it was not. <laughs> no part of that. No, yeah, I'm not nice to myself. Yeah, I wrote this for myself, so that's how I talk to myself. <laughs> but I have, def- I've tried to get better at self talk because I've had friends call me out about my self talk. Not just mm-hmm. friends, but therapists as well. Like it's, it's a, it's a struggle. I think I'm getting a little better, but it's a struggle. No, that's a serious struggle for me too. I, um, I don't know who told me this or how this thought entered my head. It may have been a therapist. It may have been someone. But just the, the notion of if you were to, if someone else were talking to you the way in which you think to yourself, would you even associate with that person? Right, right. And that point. really like, fucked me up because I'm like, no, I wouldn't talk. No one's going to be standing here criticizing my weight 24-7. No one's going to be calling me an idiot. No, I wouldn't tolerate that from anybody else. So how can I let my own brain do that to myself? And even conversely, I never do that to other people. I never like try to hurt other people with my words. I never, if anything, I'm you know super complimentary because I know everyone's kind of going through their own thing. But um, it's just weird to to go back to your point. It's weird how we are so harsh on ourselves and how dark we can get while um, maybe keeping up a facade of being completely okay or. Uh, I guess the question is, how do we stop doing that? <laughs> I still have I negative thoughts, like every, like all the time. Oh yeah, I I do I do the exact same, right? Like I do the exact same. Um, I don't. I, I think it's just a day by day. I w- it was jarring because I have a friend who's like bitch who uses the word bitch a lot, and I think you know, it's funny. It's very you know. I'm that person, but yes. No, no, it's not you. Actually, it's someone else. But um. <laughs> I was uh, thinking, after talking to her, I was like, yo, she uses bitch a lot. And I started walking through my day. I use bitch a lot for myself. I was just like, bitch, what you doing? I'm like, bitch. And I'm just like, I'm constantly calling myself a bitch. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. It's so weird. That, right. I, I use that word a lot. <laughs> so I guess if we're reclaiming it, that's okay. Sure. Let's say that. Yeah, let's say we're reclaiming it. First, they were re- we're reclaiming that. We're going to be empowered by it. Yeah. So, um, I also wanted to get your thoughts on just the concept of uh, destiny. There's a line in here that says, you know, um, even as a child, you knew you changed the world's spin. Um, the world is built to your whim. Do you believe that some people have fates that are just grandiose and 
world changing or do you think they build their own destiny? First of all, it's concerning me how much more alike we are than I want to always acknowledge. Uh, <laughs> after, except for the fact that I'm just not as uh, artistic as you to make this poem. Um, I'm like of two minds of this. And I'm going to tell you one, and it's going to sound awful. So I have found my secret elitism in in this part. Um, and like I, like, I remember meeting people like an undergrad or in high school that like thinking like, oh, this is it for them and they're going to kind of peak. And... Yeah. You know, them having probably a belief in themselves, and I was like, the world is going to eat them up and spit them out. But then also just kind of seeing their hustle and drive and uh, passion, I hate to use that word, but to just kind of keep going and keep prevailing. Um, and it's kind of broken my thought in that about what destiny means. I don't, I don't think so. I guess I don't. I guess I don't believe there's really this destiny. Um, but then it also goes against the belief that I have that, you know, systemic racism and capitalism definitely keeps groups of people down mm. and keep them from achieving, right? So it, in that way, we do get destined. Mm. But, um, no, I, I guess not. And I'm going to tell you the other reason I'm going to say no to this, and this is where I'm taking, I'm taking things on a shift, is when... I like think about um, like romantic love. Like I remember being in my twenties, being like, "Oh my God, Prince Charming is gonna come!" And now I'm 31, and I'm like, I need to be kind of thinking about this, like I think about my career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've talked. And so about it's that. less about destiny. It is. It's like it's like just feels like it's. I don't know. I, I guess I don't. I guess I do not believe destiny anymore. Oh, how awful. It's weird. I don't believe in destiny, but I do believe in God's plan and path for each of us. Is that the same then? That must be the same. So maybe I do believe. Well, it. There are people um, of different thought. If if God has a plan, in Drake's words, God's plan, um, then what can hey, stop? Where's Where's Adonis? <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't you. Do you claim your kids? We don't use your quotes. Don't do that. Not right now. I don't have the the appropriate response during this podcast. We're going to talk about that offline. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, lost my train of thought. Oh, God's plan. Right. So if it's like God preordains your your destiny or, or purpose or whatever, then what can prevent it from happening? It's going to come to fruition. Like what's going to stop God from delivering on his own good? Or it could be like, God gives you this destiny and it's up to you to execute and you could totally mess it up and then he'll just pass it on to someone else. I don't even think about that. Those are just two schools of thought I've like recently come in. No, I don't even, I I don't even attempt to do that. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you why I stopped trying to do that. Um... Because I remember reading C.S. Lewis's On Grief, and ironically, somebody gave that to me last time I was in Australia as a book. And I read that book, and they're like in the first chapter, the second chapter, 
the first chapter is him grieving about his wife, and like I think it's the second part where he talk, he like tries to reason through it. And the issue is the issue is is that we try to apply this anthropomorphic kind of human rationality on God, who is this larger, all-knowing being. So mm. I'm not gonna try to figure out the ethics of God who does not reason or think like me. Uh, it's not even worth my brain capacity. The only thing I can think to do every single day is wake up, make sure I brush my teeth, try to make my bed, and then try to figure out how can I just make one other person's life better. That's all I can do. That's it. I don't always achieve it, but I I mean, the teeth brushing I do. But (laughs) I haven't made up my bed this morning either. I didn't make up my bed this morning, but I I woke up at the age of 30 and started making my bed every day, and I I don't know what happened. We turn into our mothers, whether or not we want to. I my just... mom doesn't make her bed. My dad does. <laughs> I don't think my mom's made a bed since 1987. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I can't. Um, okay, so we we scratching out this idea of destiny, or we're putting an asterisk next to or it. Much, I'm putting an asterisk, and also I just I guess I'm just lazy too lazy to try to think through these conundrums. Girl, these aren't Adverse. questions that you can actually answer. I, I understand that. Sorry, I'm a dog barking. <laughs> I, these questions that I grapple with on a day-to-day basis. So I'm, thank you for sharing your perspective. At least you're trying to grapple with them. I don't care. My decision is just like, <laughs> do I decide to watch this Netflix or not? <laughs> well, at least you learned about the red light district. Um, Sorry. My, my dog's going on one right now. So, um... Were there any points that I missed? Oh, there was something that I wanted to circle back to before I let you go and check on what my dog's barking at. Um, you said, you know, not that your friend, you weren't concerned that your friends are getting accolades. Get it? You were uh, not concerned, but like noticing that your friends are walking in their destiny and walking in their purpose. And I really, that really resonated with me because um, sometimes they go hand in hand because they've been putting in the work for like, 10 years walking in the perspective, they're finally being recognized for it. So they're in a place that's really fascinating and really interesting for their career. But I think you hit the nail on the head because that's how I feel with a lot of my friends um, who like either are super political and have been political since we were in high school together or like super artistic and have been for, the, you know, as long as I know. People who have dedicated and put in the time and effort for one thing and now almost had tunnel vision they're starting to kind of see the benefits of that hard work. And I'm afraid that I have so many different interests in life that I'm giving, you know, 30% to this, 40% to that, another 20 over here, throwing 10 over there. It's never going to materialize because my energy is spread out so far. But then I don't want to neglect certain parts of my identity to put on the tunnel, to put on the blinders to like pursue one path. That's what I'm afraid of. Um, I had that point before as well. I, 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 I think actually I spent a lot of time when I was at my last job regretting that I did not take the time. So I, I guess part of my intro of Arlene that I didn't give is that um, I work my, my day job 
Right now I'm working as a consultant for defense and I've previously done defense consulting and then I've worked for a university um, connecting uh, researchers to those in the defense intelligence community and then also conducted like historical research around um, U.S. foreign policy, U.S. defense policy um, through the 70s and 80s and early 90s. Um, and, but when I, you know, in undergrad, I was very much so a generalist. I went to, I went to CMU and did a policy degree because I just come out of the recession with no jobs and I wanted a career. I wanted something to add some breadth to it. So I knew mm-hmm. I had some skills to go anywhere. And the frustrating part though, of like being in international relations is that people want you to have a specialty. They want you to have an area study. They want you to have a language, you know, general it's hard to be a generalist or that's how I was feeling. And I would feel like this regret that I didn't spend this much more time in this specific area. And then I wasn't just pursuing this with fervor. And, um, on the other side, there's a thought of, yeah, I could study and cook potatoes every single day and be the best potato maker. Or I could also have a plate full of some different types of food and still enjoy my life. Right, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. And, and that is, I think that's where I'm at. Like, I think I, I, then I was like, you, I would have my career that I thought was like kind of in this one space, and then I would be using outside activities, doing either community work or, or like other volunteer activities to try to be, become this supplement for things I was really desiring. You know, it's like my diet wasn't enough. I need these extra vitamins to get me there. Mm. But I think that's the mentality that I've kind of occupied. Like, yeah, for some people that works. Like they are just so, they are able to be completely satisfied by pursuing that. And the answer for me is I'm not. Like I I wanted to look and see different things and try different things. Um, But I, I have learned in the last couple of years about about trying to delve and get excited about something and learn more into it. Cause before it would be like, there's this topic, I don't know much about it and there's real experts. And so then I would just kind of avoid it and know just enough. Um, mm. Whereas like in the last year and I'm completely out of my depth, but I am fascinated by artificial intelligence and the fourth industrial revolution and trying to figure out, what do jobs mean for the future? And specifically, what do jobs mean for people of color? What does national security look like with this coming in? What technologies are we going to get? Thinking about future of work. And I'm a novice in this space. I do not know how to code. I am barely a policy professional. But I'm interested. I'm just going to try to keep learning and talking with people. And I think my biggest fear always was about being ignorant and seeming like I was ignorant or didn't know. And now it's just kind of like, screw it. You know, and that's actually one thing that I'll say about the people that I know are hustlers. They don't mind looking dumb to get what they want to get. Mm-hmm. Or trying to be where they're at. That like, it, it's there's a happiness on the, this other side of just saying like, you know what? It's like failing and failing fast. It's I hate to use like the Silicon Valley and startup world terms, nice. but it's just like you fail and you just keep on going and you just kind of keep climbing your way up. That's true. I do think there's some merit to this. Is a side. This is a bit of a tangent. I do think there's merit to failing fast. I also think there's merit to failing slow. Just 
and maybe this is like the perfectionist in me, but if I fail, I at least want to stop and reflect on the failure so I don't do it again. Yeah, oh, I'm with you there, sis. You know, like if I'm failing fast, I'm like, oh, let me just go to the next thing. But at the same time, I guess that's the point. Like, either way, just keep moving. <laughs> yeah, just keep moving. It takes. It took me a long time to keep moving. I, I, I feel there have been definitely like long stretches in my 20s where I was stuck. And mm-hmm. I don't do that in my 30s. I want to like kind of just keep moving and just have the courage to move. It's funny, actually. Uh, when I left my job, were definitely an inspiration uh, me yeah when you like you like you left that gig in dc and you're like i just I, I traveled i took care of my family i went to new orleans then you went home and you're like making these plans for the future <coughs> cold 2020 um, <laughs> but i like i remember like when i saw that i was like i haven't saved up as much money as Nicole because i'm not that good with money but I can figure this out and I can make this work and I can create a new future and new, or I can create something new for myself where I feel better and feel better about myself. Wow. Oh, that's, that's really moving. Thanks, man. I'm glad I could, uh, you, all my messiness could help oh, you. Every day is a mess, <laughs> as we say. <laughs> like, oh, that's really cool. Um, on that note, thank you for joining my show and um, sharing your thoughts on you know, my poetry and, and life in general. And do I get to get a copy of that poem? Oh, of course. Yeah. So all the poems, sidebar, all, all the poems on this show are part of my book called Durance. Um, yeah, I will definitely send you a copy. Like, that's not even, I thought I already did. I may not I, have. I don't think you did. I'll make sure you get this phone. Okay. I am excited to get this. Maybe I'll frame this poem. Ooh. Ooh. Can I frame it in the shape of a parachute? Is that too much? No, that's heavy. I love it. (laughs) I'm into it. I'll be on my shell silver soon. (laughs) Thank Thank you again. No props. It was fun. All right. Bye, girl. Bye. You've just heard the poem Parachutes from the forthcoming book, Durance. If you'd like more information about the book or would like to be a guest on the show, or if you just had some thoughts that you want to share with me, please feel free to reach out to me at lafootspoetry at gmail.com or at lafoots on social media. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite songs from Coldplay's Parachutes album, the one that Arlene mentioned. And whether or not you believe in destiny or whether or not you're pushing towards this like grandiose fate, just remember, don't panic. <laughs>